You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we are starting a new series of Shirim on the world of Reish Lois Yada, on the Torah of the Unknowable Head, Reish Dalid Lamed Aleph. Now, throughout the series of Shirim, we're going to get into the particulars and the general concepts that surround the Sugya of Reish Lois Yada. But today, I really wanted to just orient towards where the ideas are coming from, why the ideas are coming now, and why this sugya of Reish Lois Yada is something that we're going to be descending into or ascending up to in the ideas themselves. The concept of, of malchus within a person, the concept of what it means to be who we are, that's the expression of our malchus. Each person has their own malchus. Each person is their own malchus. As we're going to see, Malchus is both the thing itself and the expression of the thing. And the expression of the thing itself is always going to be a little bit different than the thing itself because the thing itself remains inaccessible. But Malchus has two expressions. Malchus is the thing and Malchus is the expression of the thing. And there's an inner interiority of Malchus and there's an outer exterior of, exteriority of Malchus. But ultimately, we are Malchus. The reality of our experiences in our day-to-day -day lives, we are an expression of processes that are emergent far beyond us. Even the mental motivations, the cognitive processes, the emotional processes, the spiritual processes, all of that is limited to the end of a chain of our neshamos that extend upwards back up to the infinite itself, so to speak. And that the nefesh, ruach, and the neshama, the three lowest expressions of who we are, are simply the lower end of a thread that is singular connection above at every single moment, meaning to say that the expressions of ourselves are the results of processes that are rooted far beyond conscious or unconscious memory and far beyond any notion of the how or the why, but rather rooted in an infinite chain back up to HaKadosh Baruch, the secret of Gilgulim, the secret of that my neshama, the way I experience life, is not necessarily the result specifically of what I can conceive of as the cause and effect that have brought me to this experience, but rather it's the suspension of the egoisms that sees the self as the center with an opening up to the possibility of unconscious forces that are motivated and moving experience far beyond me, the makifim of my life. That's the secret of Eloha Mishpatim Da Raza De Gilgula, that ultimately when a person sees themselves functioning in this world and feels like they're lost in the Tahom Rabbah of Mishpat, that they're operating in that low place of feeling that things are unfair and not knowing why they're chased and not knowing why they feel so chased, ultimately one can tap into the mindset of that I am simply the end of a chain that links all the way above. And this is true within the individual themselves, the Chaya and the Yechida, the deepest part of ourselves, are simply the, the, the hints towards the fact that we contain an infinite expression of levels of godliness within us and experiences and the possibility to connect on high. And Malchus, 
is the way things feel in the moment itself, where we walk around, where we're aware that every decision, every moment comes with an unending story of what has preceded it. The nature of Malchus, it appears destitute. Malchus is leis lamegarmiklum, it's the lowest level. It's the expression itself, it's the externalization of an inner process, which ultimately means it's the, the external casing of something, the tmuna, the image of something, the, the expression in a time-bound, space-oriented type of way that is susceptible to aging and, and failure and breakdown, that is the secret of Malchus in its lowly state. Malchus is how things function under the under the natural laws of order and teva and our experiences. And that place Malchus seems to be in Gullus. Malchus falls into all of the different places that we go, all of the places we go in our minds and our hearts. That is where we carry the Shechina. That is where we carry Malchus. Wherever I am, there I am. Im anikan hakolkan. I am Malchus. Each and every person has their own Malchus. And each and every person's Malchus goes through the infinitely extended process of descending from the loftiest place above down to the lowest place below. Rabbi Nachman, Sipuri Maisios are ultimately this world of Malchus. It's where a person loses Malchus, where a person loses sight of the value of their malchus, where the externalized experiences of what it means to be a human being in this world and the day-to-day, -day, the yom biyom, the b'chol yom ahalulucha, that each and every day brings with it the opportunity to be present in a new way. And because our presence, because our malchus falls sway to the tendencies of boredom and the thickness of habits and all of the different distorted and positive things about the formation of our subjectivity, which is an externalization of our malchus, that leads us down into that place of the heaviness of of the heaviness of this world of the lace the megamiklum of the feeling of emptiness and the feeling of the dinim of malchus and the gavura on malchus and the malchusa begalusa and the shrinta begalusa and covered over by husks or falling into a hole or finding oneself in an abysmal state or finding oneself fighting to hold on and to respark some element of connectivity that's the world of malchus in its external form it's the lowest there's nothing lower than it it's the place that goes all the way down to the worlds of separation, to breathe, here and Asiya, no longer revealed in any connected way to HaKadosh Baruch Hu above. And translated into human experience, this is how we carry ourselves. This is how we walk around in this world, feeling at times like an image that is disconnected from information that is informing that image, simply being without any essence that is filling being at every single moment. And a person who wanders in malchus, a person who begins to doubt their malchus, a person who begins to grow tired under the burden of what it means to be, B'nai Malachim, what it means to have that framing, have that experience, that edge of experience that makes life feel resistant to some element of flow that keeps a person stuck in a certain pain of Malchus and a certain crying out of Malchus. So that's the secret of Malchus in its lowest place. What we refer to that as is Ani, the sense of self. Now, the sense of self comes along with all of the, the bounded nature of self, its casing in a body, and the, the dueling nature of the Nefesh Elokos and the Nefesh Bahamas, and all of the drives, and all of the 70 kochos that inform it, and all of the makifin, and all of the pnimim, and all of the partsufim that exist within us, and all of the different modalities of experience that we're going to see through the writings of the Arizal. 
And all of that exists within Ani, the encasing of all of these various forms of influence, both local and non-local, my, my epicenter and the, the circling influences, both micro and macro systems, that is my Malchus. That is how I see myself. That is how I view myself. That is my Ani. That is my ego. That is where I, I feel like something that is separate and apart from the general whole that holds all things together in an invisible way. And I particularize myself, I individuate myself, I become a person with a signature, with a name, with identity, with a heart, with a mind, in accordance with my own os in the Torah. That's ani. And that place of ani, that place of ani that is associated with malchus, while we're going to see it is the most potent and powerful element that we have in our existence, in our repertoire, it's the only thing we have, that nakuda of ani, but ultimately, it has the capacity of dragging a person down. The more I focus on myself, the more self-obsessed I am, the more self-reflective I am over and over, contemplating how I feel about myself, how others feel about me, how I feel about others, what the world is, how the world is, what's going on, why is it like this, et cetera, et cetera. And as a person gets caught up in all of those egoisms and that searching for some personal gratification in terms of their spiritual quests, rather than to reveal the kavod of a Baruch Hu, or a seeking out of power in relationships or all of the tangential motivations that are just very naturally present in each human's life, the eight Sahara and all of the drives, that Ani feels like it's dragging a person down. That sense of self is where the symptoms are located. The symptoms surround themselves around the sense of Ani. Ani goes down into a place of death. Ani can be those moments of living a world where I feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't really believe in you, where a person doesn't believe in their Amuna enough, where a person doesn't value the fact that they're still trying to value HaKadosh Baruch Hu in their lives, and a person begins to doubt their authenticity and a person begins to fall prey to sadness and despondency or a person begins to judge themselves based on their actions far too stronger than they actually should or a person begins to look at themselves with low self-esteem or feelings of of inability to perform or inability to move forward. These are the symptoms of a malchus that becomes encrusted in klipa. These are the symptoms of what it means when a malchus is yoyred lamata and the ani goyla and the self finds itself in exile. The self and all of its motivations that take away from the singular call that rests at the heart of our soul. Each person, like we said before, has their own heart. Each person has their own understanding of the teachings. Each person understands the Kabbalah of the Arizal in their own way. Each person in accordance with their own limited understanding, in accordance with their own subjective posture, where each person's is true for themselves. Each and every person has their own conditioning in this world where their Ani takes them away from what they're trying to get to. We want to get to the place of calmness. We want to get to that place of tefillah. We want to get to that place of being able to say the words to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we know we need to say. We want to be able to get over the smallness in our lives. We want to be able to be joyous. We want to be able to be connected. We want to be able to develop patterns of behavior rather than trying to re-spark things every single moment. We want. There are things that we want in this world. We want bitachon, we want amuna, we want to believe as fundamentally as possible in the words of the tzaddikim so that our lives are transformed from what appears to be a jungle into a garden and that a person can live in Gan Eden. Each and every person wants that and the ani is what drags us away from it. My moments of mindlessness, my moments of self-centeredness, the tendency towards anger, the tendency towards expectations, the tendency towards searching out honor through jealousy or temptation, all of the things that take a person out of their world, all of the things that take away from aligning myself to that secret place of manucha, however manufactured it might be, however inauthentic it might feel, anything that takes me away from that 
Kodesh HaKadoshim, from that Pesach Mikdash in the mind, is going to be considered an element of Ani. It's the Anoichias. It's the self-centeredness. Again, it's not, it's not arrogance. It's not arrogance. It's not feeling that one is better than others, but it's a hyper-awareness of self. It's an inability to choose not to reflect on myself. And therefore, it's as people who experience the struggle of thinking other people are talking about them or thinking about them, everything that takes place in a person's world is going to be seen through their own lens as if a person were the eyes of the universe. That's what the ani is. That's the, the smallness that comes along with feeling like I'm a particularized thing and all of the struggles and the boredom and all of the elements of spirituality in our lives. And when a person reflects on life, when a person reflects on the status of their spiritual quest, and again, all I can speak about is for myself, a person very often comes to that place, towards that limitation, towards that gridlock, where I feel the heaviness. I feel ayef ve'ageya, that the malchus has descended into the lowest place. Malchus is the lowest place. Malchus descends into the worlds of separation. Malchus is the lowest of the low. It has nothing of its own. It feels impoverished in its feminine quality. It feels concealed in everything. It feels exiled, surrounded by foreign elements of thought, experience, emotion. It seems to be tricked and fallen and thrown into the gutter or whatever abysmal depth a person finds themselves in. Or at best, it's a place of banality or boredom. But what we're going to see and what we're going to see profoundly is that for the Arizal and really for the entirety of, of the Torah HaKadosha, for what every tzaddik has come to reveal this Nakuda, which is that while Malchus appears to be the lowest of the low, while Malchus appears to be despised, while Malchus appears to be the human condition where I feel myself at the utmost resistance against the externals of the world, where I feel that disorientation or that dizziness or that homesickness that knows not what it's searching for, or that anxiety or that projection or that reflection, whatever it is that conceals a person, whatever it is that keeps a person stuck in their orientation of my mebisari echazeh, from my own human condition, from the struggle itself, from within the belly of the snake of my own experience, each person with their own anuchias, what the tzaddikim have always been coming to teach us, what Moshe Rabbeinu was always coming to teach us, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu always wants us to know, is that while Malchus appears to be the lowest of the low, while Malchus appears to be the most degraded element of experience, where being stuck in reality and the experience of reality is far more degraded and impoverished than what it would mean to live in the idealized states of spiritual bliss, etc., etc., and that Malchus is the last station after I've missed all spots, that while it feels like that, and while Malchus externally appears like that, in the inner interiority of Malchus, which in truth informs the entirety of Malchus and every iteration of itself. In truth, Malchus is rooted in the loftiest imaginable place. In truth, Malchus is rooted in the place that is unimaginably high to the degree that even the language that is used by Rabbeinu HaArizal is almost an impossible language used to describe it because Malchus, in spite of the fact that it manifests as the lowest, is in truth rooted in the loftiest place, in the place of Ayin, in the place of absolute nothingness. Now that nothingness, which is the same letters as Ani, the same letters of self, which represents the thickness of somethingness, Ayin represents the polar opposite. Ayin is the light of Kesar. Ayin is the translucency that begins to emerge when a person refines themselves and comes to terms with the fact that I am nothing but a reflection of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in this world. That every thought, feeling, action, 
motivation, every element of existence that preceded me that is taking place right now or that will follow after me. Each and every element of this is nothing but a reflection of the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that miraculously and possibly and powerfully chooses at every moment to sustain the universe by concealing his infinite light and enabling the vessels to receive that infinite light in a measured way in spite of the fact that it remains infinite so that we can draw down more of it, more of it, more of it and to be mevara more and more and to transform all of the smallness in the world to an opportunity to reveal more greatness for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In that light of Kesar, and that light of Ayin, everything is revelatory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Existence remains existence, but everything, everything, everything is filled with a, an Ahavah B'ta'anugim, a Ratzon and a Tainug, a desire, an ultimate desire and reflection and awareness that each and everything in my existence, each and everything that crosses the threshold of my mind, externally, internally, is nothing but an opportunity for me to refine myself and come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through it. That the Kesser is the ability to transform everything, the darkness, every part of existence into the loftiest imaginable light of pleasurable desire that seeks more and more desire of connectivity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is the source of the Tainug. And because the source of the Tainug, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is never fully accessible to the human being through their Ratzon, because the light of Kesser is a perpetual shift between desire and pleasure, desire and pleasure, pleasure coming about by thinking I've grasped something, and desire when I come to realize that I haven't grasped anything, and then I come to more pleasure when I think I've grasped something more, and then I come to more desire, etc., etc., to the degree that a person begins to take pleasure in the desire itself and finds desire at the heart of pleasure. As the Rebbe Rashab is Mazbir and Hemshech Samachvav with regards to the interiority and exteriority of Kesar, which is pleasure and desire, desire and pleasure. That this place of I and this place of nothingness, this emergence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's presence into reality, into some thematizable, graspable notion, is the emergence point of Kesar, it's Ayin. And this ayin is the very fabric, the very texture that eventually becomes the ani of Malchus. Ani ayin are the same letters representing the fact that they come about from the very same fundamental expression because they are a singular expression that emerges in two stages of a pulsational dance. That keser descends down, down, down through the various processes of tzimtzumim and hishtalshalus and all of the processes to arrive finally at that last station of Malchus because Malchus is the final expression of the light of Kesser where it contains its quintessence, meaning it is the point at which there is the utmost concealment, but yet the very possibility of experiencing the essence of Kesser, the panemius of Kesser, the Atik Yoim and Yasev at every single moment. That Malchus never is devoid of the ingredient necessary to be Oilem Miyad El Kesser, which is what the Rebbe points out when we talk about malchus, which is very often associated with femininity and concealment and restriction and simsumim and gvura that shape things, that take things and form things. So we see that the bracha by the nekeva is sha'asani kirtsono, the world of asiya, the lowest place of malchus, has the ability to jump directly up to ratzon. There's a secret of a dilug, there's a secret of a leap that is incongruous with the effort that is placed in because ultimately and in truth, it's part and parcel of the very same thing. When a person refines malchus, when a person looks deep enough into the kli of Ani into the Kli of Malchus, into the selfhood and all of its his gashmus and concealment and, and processes that each and every one of us go through is ultimately the very stuff in which we're going to uncover the secret of Kesar, the secret of Ratzon, the secret of Tainug. And the motivation towards trying to talk about Malchus is that Rav it's enough that we've lived, it's enough that I've lived, it's enough that we've lived within the place of Malchus being stuck in its concealment, where the Shekhinah is begolus, or where it's despised, or where it's seen as below, or where it's seen as thrown down into the pits, devoid of any light of its own, and empty in all of its selfhood and obsessional patterns of just trying to gain some element and semblance of control or comfort in this world. 
The, the day is late. The time is getting late, Bezras Hashem. How long is a person going to allow themselves to rely upon one pillar, which is only the pillar of self, which is only the pillar of being stuck in what it means to be human being, what it means to reflect on what it means to be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, rather than to actually be connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so, Rav Lachshevitz Rebbeon Kabacha, it's time to be Mesoyer, Hisnari Me'afar Kumi, where a person has to come to a place of refining Malchus, being Mezachich, the Kli of Malchus, to come to understand that Malchus is simply an expression of Keser, and that Ani is an expression of Ayin. And when we come to understand and see our experience as Malchus Tika creatures, as experiencing Malchus in its exile, in its lowest point, and we can elevate it back up to the secret of Ayin, that's when we begin to live the secret of elevating Malchus, of bringing the Shekhinah higher, elevating each and every moment closer and closer to the Das of Mashiach. The Das of Mashiach, the Das of David Malka Mashiach is Malchus itself. This is the story of David Amelech. The story of Mashiach ben David is on the one hand, he's Ani Vidal, Dal Ani Ani. I am a selfhood. I am a, a shtick of Gashmias. I have nothing of my own. I'm empty. I'm devoid. I'm despised. I'm chased. Evan Masu Habanim. Evan Masu Habanim. I'm hated. I'm run out. I'm Adomi Ka'aderes Asair. I look I look red like that murderous place of Esav. I look like something that is devoid of vitality in this world, that it's enough, Alhaya, he wasn't meant to be alive. David Melech is a place of death. It's Ragliya der Mavas. David Melech is the wandering person, barefoot, in the mountains, struggling, torn, broken because of the struggles and being chased in every moment. But at the very same point, at the very same point, it's specifically within the nefila of David Malka Mashiach, it's specifically within the, the second, the Dalit of the Dalus of David Malka Mashiach that we uncover the greatness of David Melech. Because David Melech was nothing. He came to empty himself out of all selfhood. He came to empty himself out of any egoism to reflect the fact that Va'ani Tfila, my entire essence is a Tfila, my entire essence is a yearning out to you, Akadish Baruch. And that which appears to be the lowest in me, which is in truth a receptacle for the highest. And David Melech's experience reflects itself in the secret of Keser Malchus, of Ani Ayin, that David Melech was a Merkava to Ani, he was a Merkava to the Shekhinah because he felt that pain, he felt that Chalal, he felt that voided nature of what it meant to be a human being in this world. He understood that you're, the Malchus is going to fall, he understands that Malchus is going to be lost, he understands that he's not going to get to build the Mesa Mekdash and that Malchus is simply preparatory towards the next stage. He understood all of that, but he was able to see it all in the context of the Keser, in context of the Tehillim. And that's the secret of David Malka Mashicha, that Redemption comes about specifically when we learn to renew our orientation to what we felt were the lower parts of ourselves. It's specifically through the mice of Yehuda and Tamar, through the, the twisted turns of the Levyasan of David Malka Mashiach and the Binyan of Beis David, of Mashiach ben David, who comes from the house of stone, who comes from the house of darkness, who comes from that place of impoverishment to reveal the wealth of impoverishment itself, the perfection inherent within perfection. It's the redemptive drive that comes about from the very thing that we thought was the opposite of redemption, that from the forest itself comes the handle for the axe. And from the notion of death itself, of Malchus, that we come to the Chai HaChayim, to the place of Ayin, to the place of Ein Mazali Yisrael, to the place of Other, which is the secret of Rashad Lois Yada. Now this place of Ayin that we're going to find ourselves connecting Malchus back up to, seeing our experiences through a different lens, learning how to illuminate experience with desire and Ratzon. So what the Arizal points out very clearly is that there are two Chalakim to Keser. The two Chalakim to this level of Ani. And we're going to go into the depths of this, and most importantly, we're also going to see the sources that we're basing a lot of this on, Be'ezra Sashem. Most of it is coming from the Rebbe Shlita and his writings, through my own humble understanding, and through the limited understanding, and all mistakes and all misinterpretations are my own and my own alone. Shagiyos me'avin me'nistaros nakeni. 
But we're going to see how there's two elements of Kesser. And we'll go into the system of the Arizal and the various parts of him, but that's not necessarily the main focus of what we're going to be talking about. What we're focusing on is Kesser itself. The parts of Kesser is broken up into two forms. There's the upper part of Kesser and there's the lower part of Kesser. Now, Kesser, because it represents the bridge between the infinite and the finite, between two separate levels that appear to be incongruous with one another, which by definition necessitate a transitionary space that is susceptible and applicable to both elements. So in order to create a bridge between the infinite and the finite, the bridge needs to be an expression of the infinite within a finite way. It needs to be both shayach to limitlessness and it needs to be shayach to limitation. And the Kesser is exactly this. Kesser is the secret of the interconnectivity between levels. Now, every time that there's an upper level, the last expression of that upper level is the malchus. Like we said, malchus is the lowest level. But that lowest level of the previous level becomes the highest level of the next level. Because as we've said so often, that when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to growth, when it comes to experience, when it comes to functioning, when it comes to thinking, when it comes to being, one of the most fundamental elements that we have to keep in mind at all times is the fact that perfectibility of the human being is an impossibility, that the ben adam is nikra chaser, we're deficient, not because we've sinned or because we're subject to human drives, but rather because we're creation. And if we're creation, we are not the creator. And if we're not the creator, then we're mechuser from being the creator. Every ascendancy of holiness and kedusha that I experience will always be a step below the ascendancy and the transcendence of a kadush baruch not because I'm deficient, but because that's the very definition of what it means to be a human being. And ultimately, when I come to the tippy top of an experience that I feel I've completed, I then come to a recognition that in truth, this is just the ground level of a next level. So if I've come to the Kesser of my level, if I've come to the Kesser, I've come to the highest level, then at the next moment, that highest level is going to be transformed to be the lowest level of the next level. That the ceiling that I've thought I've reached, the Kesser of this experience, is suddenly going to be revealed to be a Malchus. And when I'm moving downwards as well, that on the lowest level of this experience, at the bottom of this experience, at the Malchus, I begin the next experience which is going to be the highest, which is the Kesser of the next world. So Malchus and Kesser are always interchangeable with one another in a, in a, in a fluid type of way, in a chiastic type of way, where the higher levels malchus becomes the lower levels keser, and the lower levels keser becomes the higher levels malchus. So there's an interchangeability between the aniva ayin because it's both something and nothing at once. It allows for the transformation from a loftier level to a lower level and from a lower level to a loftier level. Now, because Kesser needs to be divided between the, the dual role that it plays, which is connecting above and below and connecting below and above, so it has to have a part that's shayach to above and a part that's shayach to below. And here's where we split Kesser into two, as the Arizal says. Kesser gets split into two because Atik Yoimin is the Malchus of the higher world, the ancient days, that which is removed, that which is Ne'etak, Atik, Veha Azman, Atik Yoimin. We sing it by Shalashundis in the Pismain of of Bnei Hechala and Tzadikim, when they sing this, they're drawing down the most ancient of lights. They're drawing down a light that is so perpetually new and so ancient at the same time that the only way to grasp it is by way of closing the eyes and abandoning all Tam Vedas. But Atik Yemen is the, is the higher level of Kesser because it represents the lowest level of the upper world. And Arach Anpin, the elongated face, is going to be the second part of Kesser, which is the lower part of Kesser, because it becomes the top part of the next world. So just as Kesser serves as a bridge between above and below, the upper part of Kesser is Atik, that's the Malchus, the Ani of the higher world, the ex lowest expression of the higher world, which then expresses itself as the Ayin, as the highest level of the lower world. And so Atik Yemen is going to be the upper part of Kesser, and Arach Anpin is going to be the lower part of Kesser. 
answer. And the Arizal begins to describe, and here's what we're going to kind of end the information piece of this year with, is that there's three minds, there's three elements in which the human being configures reality. There's three ways in which the human being relates to themselves. There's three ways in which a person encounters their experience, which is Malchus. There's three ways and lenses through which I gaze and I understand and I think about and I pay attention to what is happening to me in my Ani. And we're going to start with going from the lowest level to the higher level. This is based on the Zohar Kaddish and the Idrisuta of Gimel Reishin, it's Galifu Dabada, the three heads that are kind of contained within each each other that surround each other. And we're going to go into the specificity of the language. But suffice it to say that on the lower level of Kesser, on the level of Archanpin, we have Kesser and Chachma. Kesser and Chachma. And then on top of that, we have the secret of Atik Yoimin. The first head is going to be the Chachma. The first head is going to be the ability to make distinctions, to cognitize, to think about reality. The next is going to be Keser. The next is going to be that place where we have desire. Those are the two loftiest places. And then the tippy tippy top, the highest level of all levels that a person can conceivably receive is the level of the unknowable head. That point where I reach so high, I come to a place of losing knowledge. I come to a place of not knowing exactly what it is that I'm able to define right now. It comes from a place that's so beyond limitation, that's so beyond finitude that it can only be expressed in a way of infinitude. It can only be expressed in a way of confusion. This this unknowable light, this light that is unknown, it's still grasped, but it's grasped in its unknowability. This point at which all of our difficult scenarios are transformed into the positive light of finding a Kaddish Baruch in a place of Amuna, which is above and beyond rational knowledge, that is the place of Reish Lois Yada. And as we're going to see, that place of Reish Lois Yada is the source of all Malchus. All Malchus is rooted in Reish Lois Yada. The tachlis of everything is to see the confusion that we experience down here, the experiences of Ani that we experience down here, and all of their vicissitudes and all of their heaviness, and to elevate them and refine them back up to the place of Reish Lois Yada to realize the Malchus Agnu that in truth the Shoresh Ha'elion of my experience down here is rooted in the most unfathomably high place of holiness that can only be revealed by way of concealment, that can only be revealed by way of hiddenness, that can only be revealed by way of modesty, that can only be revealed by way of faith and Messias Nefesh. And we transform and we elevate the lowest part of ourselves up to the highest part of ourselves and we transform the Sha'ashuim and the joy that comes about when a person becomes a Merkava for Malchus, when a person takes that Ani of Malchus, that lowly despised place of the Evan Ma'asu, of Davin Malka Mashicha, of Tfila, that which appears to be insignificant, that which appears to be devoid of significance, and we reveal the secret of Keser within it, the secret of Ayin within it, that's going to be Evan Masu Habanim Pina, that the despised stone, that Evan, that Evan Hashasiya, that singular point that contains all things in its blackness, the Bas Ayin, which means nothing but what it means in its very essence, the tiny dot of ink, which is the Yud, Chachma Kaduma, the source of Malchus itself, of Abi Yisabrat, of the father being the origin of the daughter, as we're going to see all of these things. But ultimately, it's specifically in that point of meaninglessness, that essential point of meaninglessness that means nothing but what the pointed nature of it is, the Nikuda Hapnimis of Lamalamitam Badas, of Amuna, which is Oila Alakol, which is the secret of Malchus and Kesser, both of them know nothing. Because ultimately, the secret of all attempts at knowing something is to come back to the place of Rashid Lois Yada. And our job is to elevate the fallen Malchus, the Ani of our lives, back up to the Shurish of Ayin, back up to the place of Rashid Lois Yada, to uncover the secret of Davin Malka Mashiach within each and every one of us, to uncover the Nikud of Mashiach within each and every one of us, to uncover the secret of the Sha'ashu and Panimim, the joy that one can find within themselves at each and every moment, and the innermost connectivity to Akadish Baruch, who is never, ever farther than an eye's glance away from taking the lowest part back to the highest part. 
And through the studying of the Torah of the Malchus of Gnuza Baradla, of the Sugi of Malchus, of who we are, and the secret of Rachel Lois Yada, of what we know that we don't know whatsoever, will come to the light of Purim, will come to the light of Gula, will come to the light of learning how to deal with all of the circumstances in our lives, finding the different pathways out of it. And Be'ezra Sashem, humbly, we're going to descend into the world of Malchus to uncover the secret of Dabad Melch Yisrael Chai V'Kayim, Be'ezra Sashem. The music is by Zusha. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.